A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Christianizing the American dream. Because the New Testament is utter horse <laughs> It was created by a bishop and a fucking emperor. That's a fact. That's like established religious fact. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. It's you know, like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you witness to him. I'm asking you to brush his hair. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 133. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So The Master's Dog podcast is just what the quote at the beginning of the introduction says from John Calvin. When God's truth is attacked, I bark. And I bark loud. I bark frequently. Um, Some people don't like it, but... That's okay. That's what I do. If God's truth is attacked, I would be a coward if I were to remain silent. So that is what the Master's Dog is all about. This started out as a podcast, a response podcast to uh, another podcast from what was known as the Three Mormons. They became Saints Unscripted. They started a podcast called Faith and Beliefs. They were addressing the LDS Articles of Faith, and I wanted to respond to each one of those videos and show how LDS doctrine didn't line up with mainstream Christianity. So it started as a podcast called Faith and Beliefs Refuted. Later on down the road, as I was seeing, there were other issues within, um, well, not within Orthodox Christianity, but not just Mormonism, but other things that kind of intersected with the Christian worldview that I wanted to respond to. I expanded from just dealing with that podcast to anywhere where God's truth is attacked. And so that's where the Master's Dog podcast came from. For those of you who are new, again, I appreciate it. We've had a bunch of new subscribers over the last week. We've had a steady growth. I mean, one or two a week, but at 270 subscribers, one or two a week is a steady growth. And and that's because of you guys who are watching the videos, liking the videos, sharing the videos, commenting on the videos. Any of those things makes Mr. Algae Rhythm I started calling him that before Space Jam, so I'm still taking credit for that. I shouldn't take credit for that. Somebody was probably calling him, you know, made up that name before me, but I've been using it for a long time, so I didn't steal it from Space Jam for those of you who want to send me emails. Um, But he sends that stuff out to more and more people who would probably like this, and so we are gaining ground for every share and like and comment that you guys make. If you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the notifications, get all the the, uh, content that I release here on the Evangelical Norm channel on YouTube. Going to have some album reviews coming up. I'm just about ready to review uh, Kurt Kennedy's new album, Serial Serial Killers Kitchen, Serial Killer Smile and Pictures. Say that three times real fast. That amazing album. That'll be coming up on Unsolicited very soon. Uh, so there you go. So today we are going to jump in. There have been a lot of stuff going on around Dallas Jenkins lately. I've done no less than four podcasts dealing with him. They seem to be getting the most watches and so on. Um, on As videos get watched from 
the past. That is one of the, the couple of videos I've done about Dallas have been the ones that are most watched. And it's probably because he's out there in the forefront of culture right now with the television show, the, the uh, net internet crowd supported, however you describe that stuff, TV show, the chosen about Jesus and his disciples and so on. Um, it's very popular right now. Uh, I think the second season just finished. So all that is out there, and it's a very hot topic. And he just recently released another video uh, trying to, ultimately, it's damage control. We're going to respond to that video today. You'll see it. Um, but really, what it is, is it's just, it is, it's damage control from what's going on. And, and podcasts like mine that are coming out and challenging where he stands. And, but the problem is with this video, and we'll see it and we'll talk about it as it goes, but he does not address the issue. The main issue that is the problem, he hits all these little side issues that really are pointless and does not address the main issue, uh, which is the person and nature of Christ. Who is the Jesus that you are presenting in this TV show? Because Dallas, as the creator, we've got to take your words of what you have said about Jesus, and then we have to go, this is who you are presenting to the world. Now, I'm not going to get into the Second Commandment violations or any of that stuff. I'm not that guy. You know, I am Reformed, but apparently I'm not that Reformed, that I, I don't have a problem. I mean, I've got... If, when we switch to the other camera, you'll see that I've got a picture of black Jesus up here on my thing behind me. Um, I'm not one of those guys. I don't have a problem with images of Christ or so on. I, I have an, a problem with graven images that people might worship. I don't think there's a problem. I know that the picture of Jesus that I have is not what Jesus actually looked like because we probably don't know. But this is a, it is what it is. So second commandment violation is not my issue with Dallas. I mean, I know that's a, a huge thing for the majority of the Reformed world, and I know I'm going to get some comments from guys. Uh, Don Carlos, bring them. I'm, I'm ready. Um, so, but again, there is an issue, and we'll talk about it when we get to the end. But this is a 10-minute video that he put out, so it's going to probably turn this into close to a 30-minute podcast um, as we watch and respond. So I'm going to get started so we're not wasting any more time. Again, I'll do what I do. I will stop as we go along the way. And uh, my camera is not in the spot that it usually is. Let me get that lined up. Okay. Oh, you can't see the picture behind me either. So I lied. You don't see the picture of, of the black Jesus, but it's up there right above the other picture that you can see. Um, let's get started. Let's quit wasting time. Here is Dallas Jenkins to play damage control. Of the chosen, and I want to take a moment to address what may be the most important issue of this show for you and other viewers. And that is what is drinking water before oh. bed burns 40 pounds in two weeks. We're doing YouTube, you so there's ads. Okay. Chosen's approach to scripture and faith, and can you trust it? Now, this video is, for lack of a better term, somewhat of a statement of faith. Okay, so first and foremost, that is not the most important question. First and foremost, you are presenting Jesus Christ to the world. Who is the Jesus that you are presenting? I mean, it should fall in line with Scripture and so on. And yes, this is essentially a statement of faith. But the most, imp most important question, you are presenting Jesus to the world. Well, one, are you presenting the gospel? 
And two, who is the Jesus that you are presenting? Because Jesus himself said, there will be false Christs. So the question is for you, Dallas, are you presenting a biblical Jesus or are you presenting a false Christ to the world? For the chosen. So if you have questions or concerns about the show, or if you have a friend who's on the fence about watching the show because of similar concerns, this is the video to watch. Now, right off the bat, I want to make something very clear. The Chosen is a narrative show, which means it's not a documentary. It's also not a church. It's not a nonprofit ministry. It's not formally connected to a denomination or faith tradition. And it's absolutely not a replacement for scripture. It's a show. Now, however, that's not to diminish the importance of getting things right. We have an obligation to take this seriously. We're talking about the Son of God here, a show inspired by Holy Scripture. And you have legitimate questions or concerns when considering something like this, especially when you've seen plenty of media about the Bible that's been problematic or insulting, or when you didn't know who was directing the project and if they shared your values. It's important for you to trust who's involved, and we get that. So since this project was conceived, we've seen a litany of questions or criticisms raised, which is to be expected. Some of the most common issues brought up include that there are non-believers involved in the cast and crew, or what about adding the show adding I'm sorry, what about the show adding to scripture? Doesn't Revelation say we're not supposed to do that? And even though I'm an evangelical and I'm in charge of the content, we've got some evangelicals upset that there's some Catholics involved. We've got some Catholics concerned that I'm not a Catholic. Some are concerned that there's some Mormons working on the project, including at the distribution company, and some of their Mormon friends are concerned that they're letting an evangelical control the show. And then, even within the evangelical community, there are the concerns about the wording of some of our materials, from the title of the show to various memes. And they'll be asking, are you a Calvinist, or are you a modalist, or a Trinitarian? <laughs> you can look up some of those terms later. Now, people care about this stuff, and we love that there's this much passion about this content. And just so you know, we take this show very seriously. In the last year, several of us went to Israel to research and prepare, and God pressed very hard on my heart, as well as the others, that this was one of the high callings of our lives. And God made it very clear to me that I must take the responsibility of telling the stories of his people with extreme care and dedication. Okay, let's, let's talk about this real quick. All right, the whole God told me kind of thing aside... Again, I come from a Pentecostal background. I do, I do and I don't have serious issues with that kind of wording. Did God tell you or is this an impression? I do, again, I'm not a cessationist. Bring the smoke, I'll take the smoke. Um, but again, I'm not a charismaniac that I think that you know God is constantly talking to me. I've never had a conversation with an angel, any of those things. I do believe that God can impress upon us some things. But it, it's kind of sketchy. But the main thing that I want to address here is, and I said at the beginning, Dallas, as the creator of this show, as the director of this show, as the writer of this show, his words outside of what he does here, and I'm specifically referring to podcasts that he's done Specifically, two podcasts that he did with the Saints Unscripted, with David Snell, where he has made statements, and I'm going to hold on to those till the end of the episode, and we'll, we'll discuss them, because that is the key to what this is. But ultimately, yes, this all comes down to how he views Christ 
and what he is presenting. Because again, Calvinist, Arminian, it, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I have no problem that Catholics are working on the show. I have no problem. I mean, we are in the world. We are not of the world as long as it is the Christian that is controlling the content and so on. I'm good with that. But again, it comes down to Dallas. You are presenting. So all of your words, and I've challenged you on this before. I'm, I'm Again, I talk like Dallas is watching this. I'm seriously doubting that he's watching this. But I've challenged this before, that you need to make a clear and concise statement on who Jesus is. Because you have been very vague about it in the past, and that is where the issue lies. Continue. Well, speaking of me, even though this show isn't about me, more on that later, I am the captain of the content ship, so let me give you a quick backdrop. I've been part of a conservative Bible-believing background my entire life, and I was a Bible major in college. Here again is an important issue. I don't know what his church affiliation is. I don't know who his pastors are. I don't know. But no, he did not say I've been part of a Bible-believing church. I'm a part of a Bible-believing background. I don't know if Dallas has a pastor I don't know if Dallas has elders that he is accountable to. or Obviously, I'm, I'm thinking he is not, he does not, or those elders and pastors are lacking in their job because they should be challenging him on the same issue that I have challenged him on the, in the past. And again, what, call that a, te- a bona fide teaser. We'll get to that at the end. I believe the Bible is the word of God and that it needs Good. no improvement. Good. Consultants I talk to and run things by also all believe the Bible is the Word of God and needs no improvement. And as I said before, but it bears repeating, this. That's a sketchy statement in and of itself. If you know who the consultants are that he has for this show, he does episodes, does videos with the consultants. One of them is a, not, as far as I know, I, I'm, I'm saying this just from what I've watched, is a Jewish rabbi who, as far as I know, is not saved. So who would not think, who would think that the Old Testament is okay, but would not abide by the New Testament. So he's just there to give, apparently, like, uh, consultation and instruction on what Hebrew life and Jewish life was like in the first century. So, but to say that they don't believe that the Bible needs any improvement, if he's talking about those consultants, I don't know that that's an absolute true statement. This show is not a replacement for scripture. And we make that very clear up front before episode one. And that's good. And when we add historical or cultural or artistic context and backstory into the show, that changes nothing about the Bible itself. The Bible is the Bible. Scripture is scripture. Now, I happen to be an evangelical, so as I mentioned, the show isn't connected to any formal church or religion. But of course- Take that to say... I don't know that Dallas is connected to any formal church or, I mean, he claims to be an evangelical, but I've never heard anything. I would like to know who is Dallas's pastor. 
who is Dallas's elders? I mean, I would like that. I mean, if you want, people should ask that about me. My pastor, the the teaching pastor of my church is Brian Sauvey. You may have heard of him from his psalms and stuff, the albums that he does, which are amazing. My elders are Kevin Griffin and Dan Burkholder. You can find Dan or Brian on Twitter or anything else if you have a problem with me. I invite you to contact my elders. And let them know. And I have no problem meeting with them. With Brian, Kevin Love, who's a pastor, uh, an elder candidate. Um, Kevin Griffin, who doesn't nearly have a presence on social media. But I believe his, his email is kevin at refugeutah.org. So there. There's my elders. I would like to know that about uh, Dallas. Because as an evan- if you're claiming to be an evangelical, if you're claiming to be a born-again Christian, part of that entails being part of a church and being under the leadership of elders and pastors and so on. Carry on. Of course, this show is about a Jewish man and his Jewish followers, so I'm going to stick to their stories and not try to impose my faith tradition over it. With that, let me share with you some of our guiding principles, the bedrock foundations of our approach to this project. Number one, between the cast and crew and our distribution and marketing teams, there are over 200 people involved in this show. And we obviously don't demand that everyone connected to the show comes from an evangelical perspective. We don't even demand that everyone is a believer. As long as the content itself is faithful, we're less demanding with those who help deliver it. Think of it this way. If season one was distributed by a Hollywood studio, that wouldn't make the content better or worse. Judge the content. Think of great projects of faith you love, whether it's a great faith-based movie or a book or even the Bible itself. Like, for example, if you wanted the Bible, the Word of God, delivered to you or, say, to the people of Iran, would you be upset if the person who printed the ink onto the paper disagreed with you on theology? No. If you found out the person who drove the delivery truck wasn't a believer or came from a different church... Would you trust that Bible less if you heard that the person who bound the leather was from a different different religion? What if the person who delivered it to another country made tremendous sacrifices to get this project and this product to people who needed it and came up with amazing solutions and delivery methods you couldn't have come up with? Whether it's a Bible or a movie or a book, would you be less grateful if you found out that that they differed with your theology or weren't even believers? Of course not. And that's our approach with The Chosen. The content shouldn't compromise. And the quality of the people and the work ethic of the team shouldn't compromise. But whoever on the cast, crew, or distribution team will help us achieve that goal of delivering an uncompromised, impactful show with high quality and get it out to the most people possible, regardless of their faith background or lack thereof, I'm thrilled to work with them. And I can tell you, our cast and crew and our distribution and marketing team have sweat and bled and cried for this project. They want this project out to every corner of the world, and they are making it happen. And unlike most distribution partners, ours don't require us to change any content. They're thrilled to distribute what we make. That is extremely rare, and we're very grateful. Okay, so let's talk about this. Here's, again, I have absolutely no problem that... They are distributed through Mormon-owned VidAngel. I have no problem with that. I have no problem that they have Catholics working on the crew. I have no problem. I mean, do I have a problem with the fact that it's a Roman Catholic who is portraying Jesus? Maybe. I, I, that's a little sketchier in of the, the itself. But I, okay, fine. 
here's my issue. And he says, judge the content. But we also have to judge the unspoken issues in the content. He says that his distribution company doesn't require him to change anything in there. Okay. But neither are you challenging the the heretical beliefs of your distribution company. I would think that there would probably be an issue if Dallas would come out and say the Mormon view of Jesus is heretical. We have to go by your words, Dallas. Again, outside things you have said in other podcasts and so on, reflecting on how you view Christ as how you are presenting him. We, we, would, we, we are forced to, by the nature of what this is, with you as the creator and the creative writer and director and everything behind it, you are the creator, like you said, you're the captain of this creative train. We have to go by your words of what you have said about Jesus himself, and then we are forced to believe that this is the Christ that you are presenting. Again, I will get to that at the end, the key issue to this whole thing. But I don't care that you have other faiths or even atheists who might be working, you know, holding a boom mic or running a camera. That doesn't bother me at all. And for my viewers, I would hope that that wouldn't bother you either. I mean, some of the greatest movies that we watch, we all love movies and stuff like that. Not many of them, even Christian movies, as we were to watch, like, I don't know, say something like Fireproof or Courageous or Facing the Giants. I'm pretty sure that not everybody involved in every one of those things was a believer. That's not the case. But I know the Kendrick brothers and their statement, their proclamation of who Christ is and the fact that the gospel is in their mess in their movies precisely and concisely presented that we know who they know that Jesus is and who they think that Jesus is. I have a problem with where Dallas has spoken in the past about who he believes Jesus to be. And we'll get there. Number two, our process on the writing of this show, the creation of the content. First, we consult the Gospels. I hope that's obvious. Even though the Bible isn't the only source of history or culture of first century Galilee, obviously, our first and primary source for this show is the Gospels. Then there's a lot of prayer involved, as my co-writers and I, as well as my family, want to make sure we're humble and listening and not arrogant about the best approach to these stories, and prayer helps us do that. Then we run our scripts by our Bible and cultural consultants to ensure biblical, historical, and cultural accuracy as much as possible. Which brings me to number three, which is that this show isn't based on any religious tradition or particular faith perspective. It's based on the stories in the Gospels and on history. Our questions as we approach each storyline are not about denominational considerations. They're about the following. If the scene is from the Bible or history, we ask, did this happen as we're describing it? And if we add something artistic or creative, we ask, is this plausible? Does it fit with the character of the people involved and at least the intention of Scripture? And if it does, then we believe this show can be a great tool to enhance the love of Scripture for viewers. Why do we believe that? Because we hear every day from literally hundreds of people who say that they've never been more passionate about Scripture since watching this show. Okay. Let me address one thing, because this is actually inaccurate. Because if this, if this is the, the process with which they go through, there is one seriously glaring problem in season one. Your consultants failed miserably in the fact that you had 
Mary of Magdala, Mary Magdalene, leading a Sabbath meal in her home. And that Jesus showed up as a rabbi and did not step in to lead and let this the single female who w- would have been uh, you know accused of prostitution now we, you know we can talk about forgiveness but culturally in that time never would have happened ever and i know that that's a lot of where some reformed people said pushed back and said this would not happen so there's a failure there is a breakdown in the cultural experts and so on with that scene and as far as anything else, I don't know, but I know that is the one glaring example of where I think that some of his consultants, again, I don't believe that the Jewish cultural expert that he has as a consultant is a believer or anything, but I would think that he, this man, if he is worth his salt, would have looked at that, and I, maybe he didn't have those when, at that point in season one. I don't know, but this man should have looked at that and gone, this is not plausible, this would not have happened. We're not dealing with a liberal feminist movement of the time. Mary Magdalene would never have led a Sabbath meal in her home. It's a patriarchal society. It is a patriarchal system from beginning to end as you look at it. Did Jesus somehow, you know, bring a a new level of freedom to women in this time and, and recognition to them? Absolutely. Was it that much? No. And again, this is even before Jesus begins his ministry and so on. And before he, you know, before the, uh, you know, go and sin no more situation and stuff like that. So that's a glaring issue that I have with that statement. But again, we'll get to the most important issue here shortly. We're just about three minutes out. Number four. When I'm constructing the content of the show, as well as all our behind-the-scenes and supporting content, I am not trying to please or seek the approval of any one person or group, including commenters on social media or critics, and there's been plenty. I've been called a heretic for working with people of other faiths or traditions, or for sitting down to discuss the show with them on video, and I've been called a blasphemer from some members of those other faiths. So when you're concerned that I'm working with someone or talking to someone of a different denomination or faith tradition, believe me, they've got people who are asking them why they're working with me. But I'm okay with that. As long as I'm doing the right thing before God, I don't mind being criticized. The only one I'm seeking the approval of is God, and many times my wife. And you don't have to agree with some of my decisions or some of the decisions of our team, but as a viewer, you should at least know that these decisions were taken very seriously and were considered and thought through and prayed over well in advance. So while I'm not seeking the approval of others, wisdom and humility dictate that I consider the perspectives of consultants and those I worked with. Now, I mentioned earlier that we have consultants. They include a Messianic Jewish rabbi, a Catholic priest, and an evangelical scholar. You can see them in our Bible Roundtable videos. Now, that's not about seeking approval, as they and... Okay, so I take that back, apparently... The Jewish rabbi that he works with is Messianic. So, my bad. I, I, I recant the things I said about the Jewish guy earlier, because apparently he is Messianic. He does believe Jesus is the Messiah. We obviously don't agree on... And everything. should take the New Testament. information so that we can make rational, informed decisions. 
Plus, in the case of our Bible roundtables, it's really fascinating to hear the different perspectives. I've loved these videos, and we think it'll be interesting to you as well. One bonus in all this is that so many times during this project, I've learned something new about different denominations that was different from what I've heard before, which is exciting, not dangerous. One of the joys of working on this show has been learning about the different perspectives, while at the same time discovering how many people of all stripes truly love Jesus. The debates and the disagreements are rarely about the stories of the Gospels themselves. And if this show does nothing else but encourage respectful discussion, that'd be great. That does not mean compromise, however, which is why I focus more on the stories than on the interpretations of those stories that came later. I want to close with a very important point. Ultimately, the show needs to speak for itself. You should absolutely judge the show and make sure it doesn't violate your conscience or contradict the character of Christ or the intentions of Scripture. I know I do. There's but a key. If it passes the test and you love it, then stay focused on the content and not on the flawed people who made it, including me. I'm just a flawed man and filmmaker trying to tell God's stories in a fresh way. And this show, like me, and I'm sure even some of my personal theological perspectives, will be imperfect which is why we're trying to avoid religious tradition and just focus on Jesus and on making a great show. That's the closest we'll come to getting it right. But be assured, we hope to be doing this for the next seven or eight years and maybe more. We have taken very seriously our responsibility to get the show right and also to get it to the world. And so far the process has been so challenging, we've been forced to be humble every day and that's a good thing. We promise to maintain that humility for the life of this project. And we hope that if you trust us in this process, you'll partner with us to deliver this show to the world. Thank you. Okay. So there's his all of his statements and so on. Let's talk about the glaring problem that is happening in this show. And that is simply that. And he, he, he kind of hit it on the head. Let me make this statement one more time. If you're watching, if you're one of my subscribers, if you're one of my listeners, I hope that your issue is not with the fact that he is simply working with Mormons, atheists, Catholics, whoever, whatever. The fact that they are working on the project has, it should not be an issue. The fact that he, and he, he made a comment on compromise, he has publicly compromised on the person and nature of Jesus Christ. In, and I, I wish I had gotten the, the video clips up, but I didn't. But in two separate uh, interviews with David Snell from Saints Unscripted, one, he made the statement, and I put it up in different places, made the statement to uh, David, we love the same Jesus. I've done podcasts on this in the past. Never has he come back and recanted that statement. In fact, in another podcast later down the road, he doubled down and he said, I said we love the same Jesus and I stand by that today or something to that effect. Here is the, herein lies a problem. And I've said this before, Dallas, it comes down to you. I, I cannot separate your theological statements from the show, and I can't just let the show speak on itself because you are the one presenting Jesus to us. So your statements of who you believe Jesus to be have to be translated into the Jesus that you are portraying on the screen, that you are putting forth. That comes along with it. 
I can't just go, okay, well, Dallas is a heretic because he believes in the Mormon Jesus, but no, he's not presenting the Mormon Jesus on screen. There is absolutely a difference. And again, they, oh, no, we just love Jesus and blah, blah, blah. The Jesus that the Mormons believe in, and this is, as a former Mormon, I know, I'm not talking about something I don't know about. The Jesus they believe in is a created being. He is not from eternity to eternity. He is not the Alpha and the Omega. He's like the Omicron and potentially the Omega for them, right? He was born spiritually of who they call Elohim and a, a spiritual wife, a heavenly mother. His spirit offsprings are Lucifer, you, me, everyone, the mailman, the dog catcher, and so on. The atheist down the street, everybody is Jesus's brother or sister spiritually because they all, according to Mormonism, we are all born of a sexual union between a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. We were all spirits born who lived in this pre-existence, which Jesus says is a lie. Jesus said no one pre-existed except for him. No one existed before except for the one who came down. And, and so, so Jesus, I, I botched that scripture, but Jesus makes that statement. Nobody was there before and came down except for him. Nobody pre-existed. Jesus said that. Scripturally, we know there is no Mormon pre-existence. It's a lie. It's a fabrication of Joseph Smith's imagination. So, that's the Mormon Jesus. Not eternal. The Mormon God, Elohim, God the Father, was a man who was on another planet who lived as a man, who had to earn his own salvation, who had to please his God, who get, got to do all of his God's rules, that had a heavenly father before him, who had a heavenly father before him, who had a heavenly father before him. Again, scripturally, this is a lie. This is a lie from the pit of hell that Joseph Smith has proclaimed. Isaiah says, there is no God formed before me, neither will there be formed after me. Besides me, I know not one. So Mormons are literally calling God a liar when he makes this statement in Isaiah. This is the God who, and, and Jesus of Mormonism. Again, this is what makes Mormonism heretical, is their view of the person nature of God, besides salvation through works and whatever else they deal. But the core issue is who is Jesus? The Bible says, the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let me, get, let me just get my Bible and read this completely so I'm not taking Scripture out of context. This is one that needs to be read completely right and so on. So we're going to go to John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the... And, Sorry, let me read it again. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were th created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing that was created, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, but his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. 
And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed His glory, the glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. So again, John 1 makes it very clear that who Jesus is, he is God. He is God incarnate. He is God who was made flesh and dwelt among us. He is the creator of all things. He has, he has no creator. He, is, he has always existed. He has existed before John. He existed before all of us. He's the only one that had a pre-existence. He created everything. He is not the spirit brother of any one of us. But he is the one through belief and repentance and faith in him. Gives us the ability to become children of God. So we are not by nature children of God. We see that in scripture. We are by nature children of wrath. We are children of our father, the devil. Another statement that Jesus made. But when we repent and put our faith in him, we are adopted. By that, we are given the power to become children of God. Again, if we are going to become children of God, it means we were not before that. Understand, Jesus gives us the power to become children of God. He's not our naturally, spiritually born elder brother. He's our creator. Nothing has been created that was not created by him. That includes angels, demons, people, spirits, rocks, trees, everything, universe. There was no universe before God said, let there be light. Right? And Jesus is God. So there was no universe before Jesus. There was no God before Jesus. He has no grandfather. He has no heavenly great-grandfather. There's no God before him. Besides him, he knows not one. So now we come to the statement that Dallas made, who which he has not recanted. And until Dallas is willing to recant that statement and state that Jesus that the Mormons believe in is a heretical counterfeit and a false Christ, one of the many false Christs Jesus said would come, until Dallas is willing to make that statement and say, I repent of saying we love the same Jesus, then the Jesus that you are watching in the chosen is the Jesus of Mormonism by Dallas's own statement. And until he repents of that, I cannot give any endorsement to this, this show, and I would warn everybody against it. And it's not because Mormons distribute it, it's not because a Catholic plays Jesus, it's not because there might be an atheist holding a boom mic. It's because Dallas has made the statement that he loves the same Jesus as the Mormons love, which is a counterfeit Christ, and that, by his own words, as the creative captain of this ship, is the Jesus that is presented in the Chosen, which is a heretical lie, and cannot offer salvation to anyone. And not that I expect anyone to get saved by watching the Chosen, but if this is the Jesus that you believe, that is the Jesus that Dallas has, pre- has said he believes in and is presenting, then it is a false Christ. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. 
You were following after another Jesus. Everything you did was in the name of another Jesus. Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? I never knew you. You must have been doing it in the name of a false Christ. And I told you they would come. That is the result of worshiping false Christ. It is important to know who the Bible says Jesus is. I don't expect everybody's theology to be perfect, but knowing the person and nature of Christ is essential. Knowing that we are saved by grace through faith is essential. I mean, I don't expect everyone to have perfect theology and everything, (coughs) but those basics are essential. That is why I have no problem with Catholics, Mormons, any of those people working on the project. That is not why I have. My issue is with Dallas's words and the Christ that he is presenting. And it's heretical. Other than that, I don't have strong feelings about it. Thank you guys for watching. I know this is a, an episode that people have been looking forward to. Please share it, like it, let your other friends know about it, post it, do whatever it is you have to do with it. Thank you again. If you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button uh, now and um, get more videos of me getting a little passionate about stuff like this as we go down the road. Um, as always, th- thank you for taking the time to watch. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Till next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.